What's happening, everybody? Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Morning, studio. Morning. Morning. Welcome to Wednesday's show. In about 10, 15 minutes, we will talk to Josh Turner, where we normally do the mailbag. So let's start the show now and open up the mailbag early. Let's go. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Hello, Bobby Bones. I lost my 12-year-old dog after she passed away a few weeks ago, and I am still struggling. She was my first dog. She went through so much with me. College, moving, getting married, having three babies. I'm a busy nurse practitioner at a nursing facility slash assisted living place. And I'm a mom to three kids. I'm always working and giving to everyone else. Now I feel like my security blanket is gone. I want to get another dog. I don't want to feel like I'm replacing her. Should I get a new dog now or should I wait a few years? Sincerely, heartbroken dog mama. I think this is something that Amy, you and I have both been through pretty recently. Puppies are hard, though. If you have three kids. Oh, yeah. Adding that to the mix. And you forget sometimes. If this dog was 12 years old, you forget just how hard the puppy phase is. Just gone through it twice. Again, puppies are so hard. They're so cute, but it's so hard. So let me start by saying that. That sometimes you can forget just how difficult a small dog is. They take a lot of time, a lot of attention. Also, it seems pretty quick, but, you know, I think you're the only one that knows if you're ready for a new dog or not. For me, I waited a year and a half or two years until one just kind of was at the right place for me to have until Stanley kind of existed. Yeah, I feel like if you open yourself up for the opportunity for the right dog, then the timing will work out for you. At least that's what we had to do. We were open to getting a new dog, and then when the time came and we got a call that... Our, you know, there was a dog available, like a, someone we work with rescued a dog. And I was like, well, we'll foster it. So we fostered the dog for about a week or so. And then we decided to keep it. But that way we weren't like totally committed, committed. And then, you know, she kind of went from getting a dog now or waiting a few years. And you don't have to put that. Don't put a timeline on it. Don't do it right now if you're not ready. But maybe in a few months you will be. I would just say leave yourself open. Yeah. And it will present itself. It sucks when you lose your dog. So hard. But it's this is multi-tiered because you also have three kids and you're going to get a puppy. That puppy's going to. It's going to be really hard to raise a puppy right now, especially a full-time job. So that stinks about your dog. Be open to the possibility of a dog presenting itself to you, and when it does, scoop it up and run. Yeah. That's what we did. That's what you did. I mean, that's what you need to properly grieve. Don't rush into it. But yes, be open. And, and you're not replacing the dog. You're not replacing Never. the dog. Never. In fact, your new dog will not be the level of your other dog. It just won't. It took my dog, Kara. It took us, took me personally over a year and a half to really bond with her. And I, cause I was obsessed with my other dog, Josie. And I was like, yep, you'll never be at that level. And guess what? Now she's at that level. It just takes time. Same. I remember when Stanley was 10 months old and was with Caitlin and I was like, I don't know if I'll ever love this dog. Yeah. And she will say that to me now because I love that bulldog, like nothing else. She's like, remember when you said you didn't know if you'd love Stanley? And I was like, yeah. She goes, look, you do, you know? And that often comes into when I'm like, I don't know if I have kids because I didn't have anybody loving me. And I'm yeah. like, if I have a kid, I'm like, how do I know I'm going to love it? Because yeah. I know You're no one love ever it. loved me. You're going to love and it. And she's like, do you not see how you love your dog? <laughs> so good luck with that. Don't press it. Don't run and get a dog right now, but be open to the possibility that one may present itself to you. And get an older dog too. If that's the case, one that you don't have to puppy so much. Maybe not too old, and then you're going to be grieving real quick. Yeah. All right, there you go. There's the mailbag. If you want to email us, Morgan, what do they do? Mailbag at bobbybones.com. We got your email, and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Josh Turner. Josh, what's up, man? Celebrating Christmas early. Yeah, I see the lit up Christmas tree and the, the wreath behind you. I was looking at your Instagram, though, and you've been talking about this Christmas record since last August, so I feel like you've been in the Christmas spirit uh, basically all summer until now. It's, it's actually gone even further back than that. I started uh, talking about making this record back in January. Prior to that, I had been writing for over a year in preparation for this record. I did the photo shoot for this record in April when it was in the mid-80s and pouring down rain, so uh, it was a challenge <laughs> to kind of <laughs> get in the Christmas spirit some of those times. You're going to have to walk me through this song, but it's the Mili Kalikimaka Mai Ohana. How do you say that song? Because I know it, but how do you say it? 
that was it. Melikilikimaka. Melikilikimaka. It means Merry Christmas to the family. All right, here's a clip of that song. This is Mela Kalikimaka, my Ohana. Melikilikimaka, my Ohana. Melikilikimaka, I say. Guy Jake Eddie, you met this the the guy that plays the you was it you yeah it's a ukulele Jake Shimabukuru. How in the world did you get him on the song? I've always admired his talent. I mean, it's kind of hard not to when you hear him play and see him play. But um, I had recorded this song. I had gotten my friends Ho'okana to come in and sing on it, and my producer Kenny Greenberg said, you know, uh, he said, what do you think about having Jake Shimabukuru play uh, on this song? I said. Man, I was like, that'd be awesome. He said, well, his manager is a good friend of mine. He lives down the street from me. <laughs> I said, well, hey, <laughs> if you can make it happen, let's do it. I think it would be perfect. So uh, it was a great fit. Josh, it's been 15 years since the release of your massive song, Your Man. Like, tell me what that was like whenever you recorded it. Well, I had come out of the shoot with my first hit, Long Black Train, which obviously is this old-fashioned, old-timey kind of gospel, you know, traditional gospel kind of song. And it had really kind of uh, opened the country music door for me. But um, And it, it became my signature song. But a lot of people had already tried to pigeonhole me as that one type of artist. And so me and my team, we were really adamant about coming with something very different from Long Black Train. And when we had come across Your Man, we felt like it was a great choice uh, to accomplish that. And it really fit my voice well. And and we loved what it said. So we put it out as the first single off of that Your Man record, my sophomore record, and it became my first number one. And that whole record ended up going on to sell 2 million units. And after that record had come and gone, I thought that was the end of it. And then next thing you know, Scotty McCreary singing it on American Idol and, <laughs> and kind of gave it a, a rebirth. But even before that, I had gone and done uh, the CMT cross country show with Randy Travis. And when that show took off, uh, uh, CMT started playing it over and over and over again. And so that the, the sales skyrocketed. The exposure of that song skyrocketed and, you know, it's just kind of, and then Chris Stapleton kind of becomes the the hit artist that he is and people find out that he wrote it and it was just like this, this, you know, snowball effect and people, like you say, people still to this day, they love it. Have you and Stapleton ever performed it together? Scotty and I have, but not uh, me and Chris. Um, I've never really thought about that. You and Scotty singing together, I just feel like that would be a competition on who can get lower. It's like the limbo, but with your voices, like, how low can you go? Chris and I have written together before, and it was very uh, challenging because he's way up here and I'm way down here. And uh, trying to find a key that he and I both can sing in is is kind of a challenge. (laughs) You have four boys. I'm going from memory here. You have four boys, am I right? Yep. Yep. What What is Christmas like at your house with five males and your wife? Uh, it's, it, it's a lot of energy, a lot of testosterone. Um, <laughs> we, uh, I, I just try to make sure they don't break anything so that that's, if we can get through Christmas without breaking too much stuff. I mean, you should have seen us that we've already put our Christmas tree up and putting the ornaments on the tree. I mean, it was like a demolition derby. It was like, uh, just see it. I mean, like so we had, there was, we had so much like broken ornament glass all over the floor. It was, it was uh, just a hazardous area. It was uh, it was kind of crazy. Do any of your boys have your voice? Not yet. But I went. Did through you a few have your twice, voice? So, I mean, yeah. There's, there's still hope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you had a voice change twice in your life. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> my my oldest is 15, and his voice is starting to change a little bit. So uh, he, he's probably going to get there pretty soon. I just imagine them being born with beards. Like, that's what I imagine. Like you're, like you're, One of them almost and, was, yeah. <laughs> Josh Turner is on with us. He's got a Christmas album that I hope you guys check out. Uh, we were talking about that a little earlier, but I also want to take a second and talk about Macy's Wishlist Wednesday, which is one of the reasons that Josh is on with us. And now's the perfect time to get gifts. Macy's has toys and games for the whole family or the perfect gift for that one person in your life who is still young at heart. All right, there's a whole list here. And on the list, I did see Hot Wheels, and you do have four boys. Are they into Hot Wheels at all, Josh? Oh, yeah. They love Hot Wheels. They love all the monster trucks, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, little racetracks and 
all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that that's definitely a, a you know a, a good item for them. And now Toys R Us is at Macy's, so it's games galore. And so check out Macy's.com slash wish list to build your own wish list for all your gifting needs. Or you can make your own wish list. Go to Macy's.com slash believe. You can write a letter to Santa because this week for every letter submitted to Santa online, Macy's will double their donation to the Make-A-Wish Foundation, donating $2 for every letter up to a million bucks. So that's in addition to the $1 million they've already committed. Well, it sounds like the Turner Christmas is awesome and just filled with love and that's really cool the, the the record is amazing if you're looking for a christmas record it is called king size manger and it's it's got classics it's got originals um and it is josh's first christmas album which why did it take you so long josh uh you know i've just really been focused on trying to establish myself as an artist and just trying to have hits sell records you know just build my fan base um making a Christmas record's always been on my list of things to do. But, uh, you know, after I had made my first gospel record back in 2018 and we saw how much success we had with that, uh, we decided to do a couple more, uh, passion projects. So I did the uh, country state of mind record that came out last year with all the classic country songs on it. And then, uh, you know, the, the next natural step was to do a Christmas record and I had plenty of time to, to work on it. So I did, and I'm very proud of this record. You're all over the place doing the holiday and the hits tour schedule. And I was looking at some of the dates um, and a lot of the cities that the show is in Vegas. Um, you're in Arizona, Iowa, Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, Michigan, Tennessee, just kind of looking down the list, but you're playing Christmas songs here. Do you still play your man? Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I play, uh, you know, most all of my hits during the show and a good handful from the King size manger record. Uh, my family's joining me uh, on this tour, oh, cool. and we've, we've, you know, we've played fo- four shows so far, and we're having a blast. Because if I go to a Christmas show for Josh Turner, and I want to hear the Christmas song, but if you don't play Why Don't We Just Dance or Hometown Girl, I'm like, give my money back, Josh. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know I wouldn't let you down. I got to play those. All right. Appreciate that. All right. You guys uh, follow him at Josh Turner Music. Check out King Size Manger. It's the Christmas album now that's out. And then Macy's Wishlist Wednesday. You guys go to Macy's.com slash believe. Write a letter to Santa. Also help out a good cause. Josh, Merry Christmas, buddy. Talk to you soon. Merry Christmas. See you, Bobby. The latest from Nashville and Hollywood. Morgan number two's 30 Second Skinny. Carly Pierce released a live version of the song Oh Holy Night from her performance at the CMA Country Christmas Special. Here's a clip. winning the CMA Entertainer of the Year Award to his team and his fans. My team stepped up for me when I needed them to, and uh, every show that we've done has been incredible. The fans have been so excited to be there. It's been so amazing to be a part of it every night, and um, this really just feels like it's for everybody that goes out on the road with me and sacrifices time away from their family and loved ones to do what we do every night. So Carrie Underwood is kicking off her Reflection Las Vegas residency tonight. Here she is talking about the show. Reflection is is just kind of all about, you know, obviously we want to get there. We want to do our hits. We want to reflect upon all the things that we've been so blessed to be able to have accomplished over the past uh, few years <laughs> that I've been lucky enough to do this. I'm Morgan number two. That's your skinny. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. A personal tell me something good from Tracy in Cleveland, who's on with us now. Hey, Tracy, how's it going? Hey, Bobby, how are you? Doing really good. Thank you for calling. What's going on? Of course. Well, I was um, so honored that um, my friend shared a little bit of my story with y'all. When my son was four months, um, he was diagnosed with a rare liver disease called biliary atresia. And unfortunately, um, the option for us, his liver was in cirrhosis condition. And he went from being this typical, bubbly, happy little four-month-old tater tot to having a liver that was dying basically and he was just a step away from liver failure so our option was 
to be um, to go through transplant, a liver transplant. And when you go through the transplant world, you have two options. One is a deceased donor, which is why it's so important to be a, a, a organ donor and pass on that gift of life. Or the second one is to be a liver donor. So when uh, my little guy Brody was five months and five days, I matched and was able to be his liver of liver giver and donate him a portion of my liver. And I'm happy to say that he's six years old now and he's built like a little linebacker and he's filled filled with life. (laughs) And we're just so excited about uh, where he is right now because of the gift of organ donation. And through that, um, you know, whenever you go through a life challenge, it's, you're surrounded, you're, you you lean on your network. And we had this awesome tribe of people that really lifted us up and carried us through. And because of that, me and my husband uh, were so, just so touched. We founded a nonprofit organization called Brody's Good Vibe Tribe, which is also BGVT. And we now sponsor families who are going through transplant, um, whether it's heart, liver, lung, pancreatic, whatever it may be, we um, lift them up and, you know, have just found a way to pay it forward. And as we call it, be the good. So um, that's our story. That's an amazing story. Sorry you had to go through that, you know, at the beginning of that story with your son, but you've learned so much and now you're able to teach others about one, the value of organ donation, which I think is the main takeaway here. And then two, you called yourself a sliver liver giver. I know. That that stuck with me too. I thought that was a great, great term. Sliver liver giver. I mean, there's lots of us out there, Bobby. I have to tell you, there's sliver of liver givers all around us. And you don't even know these people who are selfless and amazing. And I always say the liver, the liver is a superpower uh, organ. Well, Tracy, <laughs> it regenerates. Like a lot of people don't know that four to five weeks after you donate your liver, it comes, it, it grows right back. Well, thank you for sharing that. Will you say your, uh, your, your group again or your, what was it called? Sure. So my son's name is Brody. So we named our nonprofit. It's called Brody's Good Vibe Tribe. And people can just search that? Yeah, it's Brody, B-R-O-D-I-E, Brody's Good Vibe Tribe. And we're on Instagram and Facebook. And we continue to share the, um, the powerful stories of organ donation and how people are fighting through and looking for a match. And then we also fundraise for those people to support them and um, just continue to pay it forward. Be, be the good vibe tribe. Awesome. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you for sharing that story with us. Thank you so much, Bobby. And it's bgbt.org. So right. thank you so much. And uh, be a donor. Be a donor. Help, help those and pass the gift of life forward. There you go. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. On the phone, Barbie in Oklahoma. Barbie, how are you? I'm great. Morning, studio. Morning. Morning. Is that your real name, Barbie? Yes, it is. Did your parents name you after the actual Mattel action figure? Um, I cannot get a clear answer from anybody in my family about how my name came about. Um, my grandmother says my mom was just in a bad mood and just picked a name, and that's what I got stuck with. Well, you always love getting named while someone's in a bad mood, huh? <laughs> uh, we're going to oh, yeah. play who? I've been ridiculed my whole life. <laughs> yeah, Barbie. Mm. Do you ever think about changing it to Barb? No, because I don't like the people that are Barbara that go by Barbie. That irritates me. Oh, uh, so it's an integrity thing. Because I get, I, well, I get asked that all the time. Is your real name Barbara? Mm-hmm. No, it's Barbie. Wow. Well, good for you for sticking with it. Uh, let's play Who yeah. Wants to Be a 100 Air and give her a chance to win $100 in cash. In the next segment, one of these show members is going to play for you. I have the 100-sided dice. Pick a Woo! number, Amy. Four. Lunchbox? 55. It's Eddie? A- 21. Morgan? 78. Ray? 77. We're going to let Ray back in. Uh. He's been banned, but he's back in. All right, the 100-sided dice is spinning, and the number is 93. Morgan? Yes! You Woo-hoo! won. I'm a little scared, though, because I'm not very good at this game. All right, hey, so Barbie, you and Morgan are going to team up and try to win 100 bucks in cash in the next segment, okay? Okay, sounds good. Who wants to be a 100 air? We wish it was more money, but I have to spend my own on this game. Barbie, are you ready to play Who Wants to Be a Hundred Air? I am. Bring it on. So Morgan will answer the questions as she was chosen before we came to this segment. Uh, Morgan, you'll answer them. Every question that you get right wins more money for Barbie. All right. You can quit at any time. And you have to answer them because listeners have been caught cheating Googling questions. Okay. All right, Barbie, are you ready? Morgan, are you ready? I'm ready. Your $1 question, Morgan. In which sport do two teams pull at the opposite ends of a rope? 
I mean, I, I believe that's tug of war. That's the official name. I'm allowed to talk to Barbie, correct? No, you're not. Oh, my she can Google God. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, the obvious name for it is tug of war. So, or tug of war, tug of war is my final answer. You know, I think I've always called it tug of war, like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, with <laughs> like too. a yeah, tug like of war, tug of war. <laughs> but that, that is correct. It's tug of war. Yeah. Maybe it's because I'm lazy. I can't give it the. V. I just go tug of. <laughs> I say tug of war. Tug of war. Your five dollar question, Morgan. Where does a cowboy wear chaps? Like the physical body part. What body part does a cowboy wear chaps? Well, they go on their legs, and you know there's like buttless chaps, so it's not their butt. Okay, we just did magic night. <laughs> and they put it over their jeans, so over their legs, and it ties around their hips. So I, w- I, th- I mean, legs, I think. Legs is my final answer. Legs is correct. Woo! All right, we're now to the $10 question. Now, don't forget, you can go to Lifelines. Okay. You have the room you can ask. You have a 50-50 coin flip, this coin right here. Or you have a paper watch shot. Okay. Okay. Your $10 question. Lance Armstrong won his sixth consecutive what in 2004? Oh, gosh. It's not a marathon. I think it's higher than... Well, he's the bike rider... Was it a marathon? Eddie Hunchbox, you guys know sports. Lance Armstrong won his sixth consecutive what in 2004? What is that called? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a lifeline of somebody in studio because I'm not sure the exact name. Okay, who are you going with? Well, if he gets it wrong, then I think I take away his sports genius title. So lunchbox. All right, lunchbox. Lance Armstrong won his sixth consecutive what in 2004? It's the Tour de France. That is correct. Said Yeah, That is correct. Well, you can keep $10, Barbie, or you can have Morgan continue on for $25. It's up for you. Up to you. Let's just keep going. Let's keep going. All right. Morgan, what does the W stand for in George W. Bush? Oh, man. I thought you were going to say, like, www.com, and then I knew that. There are only two W's in the <laughs> www.com, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> um, Morgan, what's the W stand for in George? George? W. Bush. Gosh, I mean, there's, you know, a lot of W names. George William Bush. George. I don't think it's George Washington. That would be the first president. George you have a coin flip and a paper wad that you can also go to, or you can just guess. This is really hard, because I the, the paper wad, I, I really don't have a chance with. You don't think you shoot a paper wad into the trash basket? No, it just, you know, my gravity, it's not working there, right? Like, shooting a paper wad into a trash can, not good chances for me. Okay. But the flip a coin is 50-50, and there's like, William is a very common middle name. Common name in general. And that's a 50-50 for me at this moment. So you think William is 50-50 with every other W name? I I feel like it's a very common name. Okay. For $25 for Barbie, what does the W in George W. Bush stand for? Oh, man. William is my final answer. The W stands for Walker. Dang it! That's incorrect. Dang. Barbie, I hate that for you. Well, that's okay. It's fun anyway. I like it. You want to give Barbie another chance tomorrow, guys? Oh, well, yes. Yeah. Please. Why not? I'm feeling pretty generous. We'll give we'll give you one more shot. Okay, Barbie? Okay. Sounds great. All right. There she is. Uh, Barbie, hang on the phone, okay? Okay. Thank All right. you. Morgan. I'm so disappointed. Yeah. I should have flipped the coin. I agree, because I didn't think it's 50-50. Well, William, William versus all other W's. Mm-hmm. You know, George William does have a nice ring to it, though. But what are the other W's besides Walker, William? Walter. Oh. Wilbur. Mm. That's a good one. Mm. Wilt. Yeah. Walt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wobbler. Mm. Walkin. Mm. Webster. 
Okay, we'll play with her again tomorrow. Give it up for Barbie, everybody. And who wants to be a hundredaire? No winner today. I have two money stories I wanted to share with you. Uh, this first one, there's a guy in Houston who took out his PPP loan, you know, his paycheck protection program loan that people were getting during COVID because a lot of folks were legitimately struggling, except he bought a Lamborghini with his money, <laughs> which is just to think you're not going to be caught. But he applied for more than $2 million in loans. He received over a million. He bought a Lamborghini, a Ford F-350, a Rolex, Dang. office space, and a lot of time at nightclubs. Wow. He pleaded guilty in September to wire fraud and money laundering. He was sentenced. You wonder how he got caught? I do. When they finally vetted his applications, they were like, oh, this ain't right. Like, it took that long to even look at them. Wow. After they'd already given the money out because they were just giving the money out to hopefully help people as often as they could, as quick as they could. His Lamborghini looked awesome, by the way. Let me say that. <laughs> I'm not a big Lamborghini guy, but I saw this car and I was like, holy crap, that's amazing. Uh, but he wasn't caught until they finally got. To, and I bet you there are a lot of people who think they got away with this. Yep. If they read this story, their butts are puckered hard this morning. You know, I just <laughs> had that same thought. And even in my head, I thought, but, but puckered. That's weird. Well, we're the same, Amy. Yeah. We're the same. <laughs> that story's from Click to Houston, if you want to see it. But if he almost got away with it, as much as I say that there are people listening now that are nervous about it, I bet you so many people got away with this. Yeah. Maybe not doing it as dumb. I mean, the guy went straight luxury in every capacity. And I'm sure he's posting it on Instagram, right? You can't have a Lamborghini and not... Hmm. The person who has a Lamborghini is also the person who has the Lamborghini to post the Lamborghini on Instagram or social media, right? Yeah, unless you are a true car collector. No. No? Mm. no? Okay. Mm. Even a true car collector wants to show off his Lamborghini. Oh, okay. Like, Lamborghinis are made to be shown off. Mm-hmm. Lunchbox, what car would you have if you could have any car in the world? Lambo. And Why? Because it's awesome and everybody looks at it and everybody says, dang, that's what's that. That's when they look at a Lambo, they're like, that person made it in life. Unless you stole it. Uh, here's another money story that I, I saw and kind of related to. Uh, Adam Driver, the actor. Do you know who that is, Amy? No. He plays Kylo Ren in Star Wars. He's in House of Gucci. Um, it's hard to describe him. He was, was he in the military? Yeah, he was in the military. Eddie, you know who this guy is? Yeah, yeah. I know him from the Star Wars movies. What do you think about him as a person? Uh, he seems kind of like a douche. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. He is reportedly worth more than $10 million right now, but he talked about the first thing he spent money on after he got his first big acting check. He said, as a kid, I couldn't really afford high-end shoes, and he went out and bought a pair of Air Jordans, the red and whites. That's exactly what I did. It wasn't my first like big money check, but it was like my first check where I was like, I don't have to live just paycheck to paycheck because growing up, and I've told this story before. Like, I always wanted to be able to afford a pair of Jordans because all the cool kids had Jordans. And I only got my shoes from yard sales growing up or when my mom finally got a JCPenney's card, we would go and put it on JCPenney's card. And so when I started to have a little bit of success at radio, I went and I bought a pair of all-white Jordans and I wore them forever and they eventually fell apart. But I still have the box because that, to me, I wouldn't say was the sign I made it because I definitely hadn't made it at that point as making $45,000 a year. But it was a sign that I was able to do things on my own and I was able to finally take care of myself in a way that I wasn't taking care of as a kid. If, and I know that is a bit irrational. Go, oh, we didn't have Jordans. But for me, like not having any shoes, any new shoes at all was a big deal. But I still have the box. It's still, I still keep a lot of uh, documents in it. But I thought the story was cool from Adam Driver. I still have, and I think Scuba Steve, our producer, is the same way. He loves shoes because he couldn't afford shoes growing up. Am I right there, Scuba? Oh, yeah. I would see the kids, uh, I hate to say, but like the kids who could afford it, the rich kids that have these really cool pennies and Jordans and Charles Barkley's. I was like, man, one day when I get my first big paycheck like Adam Driver, I'm going to buy these shoes. And so now I've spent a lot of my expendable income on shoes that I couldn't get in the 90s that are retro shoes now. Is your wife like, dude, give it a, give it a rest? My wife hates me for it. <laughs> <laughs> But I thought that was pretty cool. You know, Adam Driver going out and buying a pair of shoes. Because maybe I think it's cool because I did the same thing. Amy, what do you have to say about that? Well, now I looked him up. I recognize him from Girls. 
the HBO oh, yeah. show. I knew I had seen him in something. And then, yeah, sure, he was. He was a U.S. Marine. Mm-hmm. And Eddie called him a douche, but yeah. I'll leave that there. Yeah, I feel bad yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Amy's pile of stories. So this story just offers some hope and encouragement. If you're trying to conceive, a woman in North Carolina gave birth for the very first time at age 50 years old. Wow, in America. Yes, in America. And her husband is 61, and they welcomed their first daughter, Lily. And doctors didn't know if this would be possible. She worked with some fertility uh, doctor, her OBGYN, and she was able to conceive. First of all, good for them. Second of all, the 61-year-old guy part is not that shocking to me. No. But the fact that she's 50, most of the time... It's like, she's 63 and she had seven kids. This is from Indonesia. Those are the stories that we hear about, but good for them at 50 years old. Obviously, this is not common, right? It's an anomaly, but maybe they've learned something with her that they can pass on to others. Yeah, no, that's why it's in the news. And she said between the two of them, her and her husband, they're like Abraham and Sarah, that thing going on because... God granted Sarah her first child at age 90, which... Well, okay, they're not like Abraham and Sarah. Let's let's pause for a second. That's what she said. First of all, (laughs) first of all, 50 and 90, way different. Second of all, you shouldn't compare yourself to biblical figures, just generally. Like ever. But no, I think... And someone else can for you. If someone wanted to come out and go, you know what? This is, this slightly resembles the story from the Bible of Abraham and Sarah. And then she goes, stop it. No, it doesn't. But you can't go, hey, you know what? I'm like Jonah in the well. You can't do that. (laughs) Okay, I think she just, for her, it's a miracle. And she finally, after all this time, 10 years of trying, was able to have a baby. And have y'all ever read that story to a child in the Bible, Genesis? I Anybody recently? No. I haven't read it to a child. I've read it to myself. Okay, yeah. I was I was Bible quiz champion for like four years in a row. So yeah. So, but no, no kids. Okay, I know. I just feel like when you read that out loud to a child, it's like very a lot of confusing. And then before God gives Sarah the baby, then there's a time before where Sarah gives you know uh, Abram Abraham before he's Abraham Abram like her 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 helper Hagar, mm-hmm. and it's like you you get to lay with her. It's like I don't know. It's very, I'm like, this is PG 13 or rated R and I'm reading it to my child and it's okay because it's Genesis of the Bible. Also, I'm predicting they fudge the numbers a little bit on those ages. Just a little. <laughs> well, I this know, my but prediction is I, I, that it, I, okay. I, I'm stammering with how to say it. Any parent that has read that to their child is like, wait a second. Whoa, this is like next level stuff. That's really weird. I hope my son doesn't ask me any questions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, congratulations to them. Mm-hmm, two mm-hmm. people that, that are blessed with a child later in life that I shall not compare to anyone biblical. Thank you, Amy. What is next? Yes. Okay. So have you ever re-gifted a present before, Bobby? Yes, but only because I think that someone will enjoy it more than I would. Never because I'm like, I don't want this crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you're not alone. Majority of people yeah. have admitted to re-gifting. What about if you receive something and you don't like it? Are you able to do a good poker face and act like you like it or you can't hide it? Well, this is why for the most part, I don't open gifts in front of people. You know oh. this. I, I, I'll, I'll be like, oh, thank you. I'll be sure to open this when I get home. And then when I get home and I open it, I don't like it. I go, Bleh! And then it goes in the closet. <laughs> okay, and just heads up so people know, pajamas are the most common gift that gets returned. And then fancy mm. toiletry type stuff, they're the most common items to get re-gifted. <laughs> well, I got a really nice set of pajamas last year from American Idol, and they're still in the pack. Like, oh. Because they're full. When am I going to wear pants and long sleeves to bed? And I'm not being, I'm not cranky about the gift but I know they spent a lot of money. It says Bobby on like the nipple written across it with a little pocket. But it's like, when am I going to button my pajamas and go to bed? I'm not Mike Brady. This is not the Brady bunch. So yes. Yeah. So if, if anybody receives these American Idol pajamas, it's a, you're re-gifting. Well, of course, it says Bobby on it. Eddie, if you get some pajamas that say Bobby, <laughs> it wasn't an accident. They yeah. didn't accidentally write my name and on it. And now I know the story. So I yes. expect that. So if you missed Reba McIntyre's holiday movie on Lifetime called Christmas in Tune, I have good news. You can watch it again this Saturday night on Lifetime at 8 p.m., 9, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. And here's a clip of Reba Reba talking about it. We filmed it in June. It was hot, as you can imagine. Even when we were inside, the air conditioning couldn't keep us cool enough with all of our scarves and sweaters and things like that on. We were sweating up storm. But it's a sweet movie, and I hope everybody enjoys it.
And I will be watching that. Again, that's this Saturday night in case you want to catch it on Lifetime. Can I ask a question? Yeah. And you be honest with me? Yes. Because I don't know what you're going to put in the pile. I just want pure honesty here for me and the listeners. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Was that a commercial? No. For what? For Reva? Yeah, for his movie. Do they like pay us to put that in there or are you just genuinely like caring about that? Oh, yeah. I, I, don't, get, I don't get paid for that. Yeah. Ever is that an option? <laughs> I, no, I don't know. <laughs> can <Are> I? <laughs> no. I okay, mean, it wasn't. I I never I never know. And so when you're oh. like Reba's got a lifetime movie at nine eight central, I'm like, did they pay us to okay, say no? This? I was just giving people the the time in case they wanted to watch it. And again, it's called Christmas in Tune. <laughs> I'm not getting okay. paid to say that, but I am obsessed with all the Christmas movies, and a Reba one, you know, is going to be good. And so some people might not know that it's out because there's so many. Love it. Like yeah, everywhere, it. and this one's okay. On but did anyone else think that was a commercial though? Possibly the name had slipped in. Yeah. It kind of sounded like one. <laughs> but I, good. Reba's like good. slipping me a hundred or what? You well, no, but the movie, the the, the television life, network. A lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. Amy. No, not an ad. I'm Amy. That's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. It's time for the good news with Amy. Tell me something good. We got a tell me something good from Meg in Long Island, and she's on the phone now. Meg, how are you? Morning. Morning, studio. I'm Morning. Morning. What's going on? <laughs> so I have a really uh, fun tell me something good for you guys. Okay. So I grew up in a small town on Long Island. It's a beach community. And after 34 years, our ice cream truck retired. Now, it wasn't the ice cream truck that you see Mr. Saucy in New York City. It was a woman who bought this ice cream truck with her own money at 19 years old and was our ice cream lady for 34 years. And at the end of her retirement, the whole town threw her parade <laughs> on her last drive, led by our town bagpiper. That's, that's, that's awesome. awesome. That's awesome the whole town came together to do that. Uh-huh. You, you could tell how much she yes. went to everybody, and they knew her from all those years. Exactly, because when I was a kid... I got sick once, and she brought me ice cream when I got home from the hospital. <laughs> and she was that type of person. She took care of everyone over the years, and we wanted to just give back to her. So we threw her a parade. How did she react to the parade? <laughs> she cried. Her husband had to drive the truck because she stood there in the truck crying the whole time, and she <laughs> had no idea that we were going to do this. Do you know her name? Yes, her name's Mary Beth. Well, Mary Beth. Um, go ahead. No, I was just to say her name's Mary Beth, and she's been amazing, and we're all going to miss her. Uh, but she needs to actually sit on the beach with us, not just give us the ice cream <laughs> while we're there. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us, Meg. That is Tell Me Something Good, and that is what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. <laughs> Here are the top three songs in country music this week. At number three, Luke Combs, Cold As You. They got whiskey river on the jukebox. A honky-tonk song dust dance floor. I need a five o'clock road clock. At number two, Dustin Lynch and Mackenzie Porter, Thinking About You. I was just thinking about that we get out of And number one, Zach Brown Band, Same Boat. We're all in same boat. I mean, how do you feel about the state of the top of the charts right now? Because sometimes we come on and we're like, oh, those songs suck. Or sometimes we're like, they're great. No. But when I played those three, mm-hmm. just in general, how do you feel about the state of it? I don't like playing this game. Oh. Mm, okay, I'll go. I think it's fine. I think it's fine to pretty good. <laughs> I, I think sometimes uh-huh. we play the top three songs, and I'm like, that's garbage. Mm-hmm. Like, what's happening? And sometimes I'm really into it. I'm like, those are good songs. I feel like it's pretty good here. Oh, like, okay. I'd give it a, a solid B. Because mm. there are sometimes I'm like, what, what's, what, what are radio people thinking, making these the big, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with the fact that these are huge songs. They're, it's just not my favorite top three. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. That's my I'm not asking if they're your favorite song. Like, I like the Luke Combs song a lot. Mm-hmm. I hate that it's going to come and go so quick because they just run it up the chart like it's nothing. Um, okay, but you feel okay about it? I feel okay about it, yes. Okay. Like, yay for them. Uh, the number one, 
the number one rock song is from Papa Roach called Kill the Noise. What? Amy, Papa Roach, what do you know them from? What song? I don't. I mean, if you, you gave do. me some, if you gave me, I need a hint though. Uh, mm. No, because okay, Limp Bizkit's in Ready? my head. Or How about, I'll give you one word. Cut! My life in two pieces. Got it. <laughs> yeah, this is my yeah, last it. resort. Cut my life in two pieces. This is my last resort. Yeah. Wow, I can't believe she I got mean, that. <laughs> those guys have to be like 90 now, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they're still rocking that hard. Uh, those are your top songs in music. Let's go over to Amy now and get in the morning corny. The morning corny. A gingerbread man went to the doctor complaining about a sore knee. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The doctor asked him, have you tried icing it? (laughs) 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 That was the morning corny. It took us a while to get there. We went on a journey when you were telling that joke. We went on a journey. But you know what? We got there and we're better for it. Lunchbox has a theory about The Rock that we're going to get to in a second. We already know Lunch has beef with The Rock because The Rock pulls up beside tour buses and the people freak out. And then Lunchbox tried that and people went, who? So there's already some animosity there just from Lunchbox to The Rock. And I'm going to get to what he's upset about. But first, here's the story. So The Rock had surprised a theater full of people that had come to watch his movie Red Notice. He learned about the people that were in actually watching the movie, learned their stories. And he said there was one person in the audience named Oscar. He takes care of a 75-year-old mom. He's a personal trainer, leader at his church, and provides support and meals for women. And so he gave him his personal custom truck as a holiday surprise. Oh, oh. And here is a clip of that. I want to show you something real quick. Yes. I got this. I wrote this card for you. It's a little thing. What the heck? Thank you for your service, brother. Enjoy your new truck. What the heck is happening? Get out of here, bro. Oh, my God. You do a lot of good for people, man. You do a lot of good for people. I thought this was your truck, bro. It is my truck. What do you mean? This is my personal truck. It's yours now. You do a lot of good for people, brother. The gym, the church, the mom, women. <laughs> women who need that support. We're going through it. Thank you, bro. It's just love, you know? It's just love. He's also a Navy veteran, which you heard The Rock say, thank you for your service. Like, don't you hear that and... It makes you emotional in a, such a positive way, Amy. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, I just feel like any recognition, but especially something like that from The Rock. And then, yeah, I mean, to make anybody feel special. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lunchbox. Now to your theory, once we've spent some time shedding light on the positive part of it. Go ahead. What is The Rock hiding? What are the skeletons in his closet that he is making up for that he's doing all this stuff to make sure no one looks in his closet? I mean, he pulls up to tour buses and gives them big screen TVs and money and trips. And now he's giving away cars. And there is just something the rock is hiding. And this is all just, hey, look at all the good. Look at all the good. So he can sweep the bad under the rug so no one will look in his closet. There is no way someone is this good. Hmm. Can you stop saying people look in his closet? Like, that's a term. Like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, skeletons, skeletons in, in the your closet. closet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would think well, the reason I think your logic is flawed is because if The Rock didn't want people to see the bad things he's done, he would just stay out of the limelight for anything. Because the more people are talking about you, writing stories about you, learning, sharing, the odds are they'll find whatever it is you're trying to hide. He's not doing that. He's out front and center constantly. So I don't think there's anything that he's hiding. Amy, your thoughts on Lunchbox's theory? No, it never even crossed my mind. Like, not once. Like, he just gave away his personal truck. Yeah, but that's nothing to him. I mean, I'm sure it's his personal truck, but, like, the cost of that is, like, literally nothing to him. I don't know, guys. I'm just gonna, when when it comes out, you can come back and be like, Lunch, you're a genius because you always tell me. What do you think is going to come out about The Rock? Man, he's embezzling money. That's why he has, he's able to give away all this stuff. Like money's nothing to him because he's just doing like uh, office space where he's just taking a little bit off the top every time. And what do you know? Mm-hmm. He's super rich. Or he's just like a good dude. Is that even a possibility in your mind? Uh, very slim. What about 
that you're just upset because he has people that recognize and adore him. I mean, and you don't, and you don't as much. Okay. Yes. Cause I, no, no, people adore me and recognize me all the time. It's just when I do something good, it doesn't get a whole news story and some dude doesn't start crying. Oh, wah! you know, like, thank you. What do you mean? I thought this was your truck. No, I mean, like, you think if I gave someone the Ultima, they would cry? Yes. Like, I have to. <laughs> like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> I have to, <laughs> to fix this up? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Lunchbox, I, I hear your theory. I don't agree with it, but I do give you a platform to voice it. Do you feel better? I do feel better, and I just want you to buy guys to be suspicious. If The Rock offers you something, ask him. What are you hiding? Okay. Well, what's really cool right now is we do have The Rock on the phone. Seriously? Yeah. Let's, let's see go. How much you talk, let's see how much crap you talk let's to Let's go. Him Come uh, on, Dwayne, Rock. He's not on the phone. I just can't. Oh. <laughs> I thought he was. <laughs> oh. <laughs> On the phone right now is Dylan in North Dakota. Dylan, what's going on with you? I just need some advice. I've been seeing this girl for two months. Uh, I've known her for years, but we just started dating. She works at a waitress job. I'm a truck driver. I just got out of a bad lease. They wouldn't fix nothing, so I got out of it. And now she's just talking about buying a house when I'm the one that makes all the payments and have to do all that stuff. Okay, so you need our advice to do what? Is she just using me for my money? Like, yeah. She makes four bucks now at the wages shop. I look at it like lunch bucks. My money's my money. Her money's her money. And she's trying to push me to buy a house so she has a place to live. It does sound like that. Is she pushing you to pay for all the other things too? Um, yeah, she just bought a car. She's trying to push me to buy her insurance, pay for it, repair her car. <laughs> Um, Well, here's the thing about the house. Let me start with that. If you decide you need a house and you want to buy your own house, you buy the house with your money and your name. You're not married to her, right? Yeah, no, and yeah, for you, and then she should help contribute to whatever. Even if that's not the case, she doesn't have to live there. You still own the house. Like, you can kick her butt out tomorrow. It's still all your house. Do not put, if you do buy the house, do not put her name on the house is my point here. I don't care what, she's your girlfriend. If you want to buy the house, great. It does sound like she's using you as a roof over the head, though. Her car insurance, out, no chance. Yeah, she should be able to pay for that. That one, because you're not getting anything from that. With a house, if you decide to do that, that's at least an investment. That's at least a home and a place to live. There is 0% chance I'm paying for a girlfriend's car insurance, (laughs) especially if I already feel like something a little shady is going on. Do you feel like something shady is going on? Yes or no, Dylan? Yes. Okay. Okay, well, yeah, trust your gut. And you know what your gut really is? When people say trust your gut, do you know what your gut really is? It's a part of your brain that makes a very quick decision in the best way possible. Like when people say trust your gut and you get that feeling like I just feel this, it's really not from any other part of your body except a different part of your brain that doesn't spend a lot of time doing the analytics. Why don't we just say that then? Because it's better to be like trust your gut. And sometimes you get a feeling like down in your gut. It's like, you know, my heart tells me to do this. Mm -hmm. Nope, that's just a different part of your brain. brain. Mm-hmm. Your heart's pumping blood blood through your body. Right. It's yeah. beating. That's right. it. All right. Your heart broken. Well, your bra- your brain is hurt. Your brain broke. Oh, Sad. wow. This is, I didn't know all this. <laughs> hey, Dylan, that's a red flag. Yeah. Like, are you going to just bring this up to her? Like, how do you, how do you plan on handling yeah, this? Bring it up to her like, hey, uh, <laughs> kick rocks. Oh, wow. You're, break, you're going break up. If I find out that someone's trying to use me just to buy a place so that she can live, just to pay her car insurance. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm already in the place where unless she can save herself by explaining this in a way, I'm out. Okay, well, he has to bring it up, though, because if he hasn't had the conversation, he can't just assume and accuse her. She might have a, she might be like. (laughs) Dylan, Amy has a point. Are you going to bring this up to her? I have brought it up to her. Every time I bring it up, she's like, oh, okay. And then she just hangs up on the phone. It's like, oh, okay. We haven't even finished the conversation. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go back to exhibit A, uh, kick rocks. (laughs) So... If I were you, I would run. First of all, I'd go buy a new pair of shoes, put them on your feet, and then run long and far. <laughs> like forest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just and not stop running. So, Dylan, our advice to you, just from hearing the part of the story that we've heard, is that she is not for you. You need to run and hide, okay? Okay. And, uh, Bob, what are shoes? I wear boots. Hey. Oh, well. Get some or, comfortable boots then. Or get in your truck and drive. Yeah. That analogy might work better for Baby. Him. Hey, Dylan, drive. <laughs> all right, Dylan. Good luck, bud. Thanks, Bobby. Love the show. All right, thanks. See you later. It's time for the good news. With Lunchbox. Tell me something good. 
We got a caller, Susan, on the line. Susan, how's Hi. it going? Tell me your story. Yeah, morning, studio. Morning. Yeah, so I bake cookies, and uh, in exchange for the donation to um, my favorite charity is usually Alzheimer's Association, but I've also raised money, um, a quite substantial amount of money for some other organizations. But uh, over the last oh, about five years, I've raised over $100,000 for Alzheimer's. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. And yeah, one cookie at a time. I, you know, I, one mixer, <laughs> one person, you know, sitting in my kitchen doing the cookies. And um, I also teach cookie classes, which helps me raise a little bit more at one time. Let me ask a couple questions here. My first question is, do you make the best Dane cookies in the whole world? I think so. Um, and other people <laughs> have told me so. And then I tasted somebody else's the other day, and I think so again. So, yeah. <laughs> My second question I have for you is, what has inspired you to make all these cookies for a great cause? So it started as, um, well, I started with Alzheimer's at, because my friend's mom had it. And then um, about 15 years ago, my mom uh, was diagnosed. And she passed away last October. And so my mission just got stronger and uh, more determined um, to find a cure for, it, for Alzheimer's because it's just an awful disease. Well, we appreciate you doing what you do. It's very selfless. Sounds like you make some dang good cookies. If for some reason your fingers are, are slipping and you accidentally put like a label on some mail and you mail them to us, we will eat them for sure. Um, I hope you have an awesome day and thank you for sharing that story with us. And hopefully you'll inspire others out there to do the same. Hopefully. Just one day at a time. Yep. One day at a time. Oh, one cookie at a like, time, right? It sounded like, yeah, one cookie at a time. I <laughs> sound a little like lunchbox there. One day at a time. Uh, <laughs> All right, Susan, have a great day. Yes, sir, you too. Thanks. And y'all too in the studio. Uh huh. Bye. That was Tell Me Something Good. Here's a voicemail we got last night from someone named Ron. I am very impressed with what I've heard on your shows lately. Keep it up, buddy. Keep it up. All right, I'll take that. I'll take that every day and twice on Sunday. You know what I'm saying, guys? Yep. <laughs> I have no idea what he's talking about or, or if he even called the right show, but I'll take it. Uh, you guys can leave us a voicemail anytime you want. 877-77-BOBBY. That's our number. 877-77-BOBBY. If you're listening on podcast or you can't get through during the show, call us after the show. Leave us a message. Thank you. Let's do the news. Bobby's Big Stories. Police in Alabama are talking with the FedEx driver connected to the case of hundreds of missing packages. This is from WVTM. An investigation launched after hundreds of FedEx packages were dumped in an Alabama ravine. Around 400 packages were found dumped in the ravine on private property near Hayden, north of Birmingham. Sheriff Mark Moon said it seemed the packages had been left within the past 24 hours. He didn't know why they were there. The driver has been questioned, but his identity has not been made public yet. Meanwhile, FedEx released a statement apologizing and saying they'll work to deal with any damaged packages. Amy, what do you think happened here? I have no idea. He got lazy. uh, He didn't want to do it. He just had fed up. So he just dumped them and went on with his day like he did all of his work. Like he, he had something better he wanted to go do. So he just got rid of them and moved on. Thought he'd never get caught. Ooh, I I don't know. I mean, I think you probably get caught. You're right. He had to think he'd never get caught. And yes, I would think he's like, all right, I can't be done with work until I'm done delivering packages. I'll just dump them real quick. Mm -hmm. But I would think you would steal them at least. If you were going to have them just be gone, wouldn't you go and dump them somewhere and then go through the packages later and steal the stuff out of them? Oh, well, yeah. If you're, I think the the big part here is he's lazy. That would be a lot of work to steal it and do all that. He just didn't want to work, so he just threw them out. But you could steal. Here I am convincing Amy how to steal now. But you could <laughs> steal. You could dump them somewhere and then go back and get all the stuff out of them later. I just think there's yeah. a lot of pro. I, Lunchbox, your theory? Look, this guy got paid. Someone. There's something in those packages that isn't supposed to be in those packages. And they said, look, I can't tell you what box is in, so I need you to dump them all. What? Oh, oh yeah. And so oh, he, yeah. he had oh, to yeah. dump them all. <laughs> and whoever was getting that secret package, they went down there and sifted through them and picked out the one they needed. That, uh, mm, well, 
if you're missing uh, any Christmas gifts, they're probably in a ditch in Alabama. So <laughs> sorry about that. All right, next up, authorities at the Miami International Airport discovered a stowaway in the landing gear of a plane flying from Guatemala. It was a guy. He was in a daze, but he was able to sit and talk to first responders. U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers apprehended a 26-year-old who got in the landing gear of the airplane and flew here. And there's a video of him getting out of it. Here's a report from WTVJ News in Miami. The 26-year-old man sitting on the ground as airport workers try to give him water. The man surviving the trip, a flight of about two and a half hours. He was taken to Jackson Memorial Hospital. NBC6 investigator and pilot Willard Shepard says based on the flight data, the temperature in the gear well dropped by about 100 degrees while the plane was in flight. So this person was in there uh, a time period, probably about two hours where they were subjected to sub-zero temperatures. You can have all the North Face you want. It's going to be cold as crap in that thing. I'm surprised he lived. Me too. Because people do this sometimes and they die. And he must have really wanted to get the heck out of Guatemala, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, Here is an aviation expert, John Day, talking about the risk of surviving inside a plane's landing gear. So you've got these four huge wheels in this massive landing gear right here. And when this landing gear retracts, probably less than a foot of space wide to really fit into. It's, it's an incredibly narrow space where somebody's just going to be almost in the fetal position for five and a half hours. You'd have to kind of be slumped over to survive. And if the plane hit any kind of turbulence, I mean, it'd be like riding a roller coaster without a seatbelt. I feel terrible for this guy because he was freezing. He was... I mean, almost falling to his death the entire time. He's just inches away from it. And I hope we don't send him back. Unless he's like, kill people or something. Like, we should keep him. He like he just got a ticket. I guess that'd be a bad precedent to set, though. Yeah. <laughs> you can't but just start still, doing that. Okay, but you can for this guy only. Like, we just do it for him, but we don't do it for anybody else. But this guy went through it, man. And he lived. I've had people try this, and they don't live. That is wild. That's a sad story. Ish, right? Because he <laughs> yeah. did get here and he lived. Yeah, he's alive. I mean, if he would have died, I wouldn't have told the story. I'd right. exactly never happened. Um, all right, final story. Zodiac signs. Amy, what's yours? Uh, Pisces. Lunchbox? Leo. Eddie? Aries. Yeah, I'm an Aries. Anybody at Libra? I am. Okay, Morgan, this story's for you. Okay. Data has shown that Libras are the Zodiac sign most likely to cheat. Oh, oh man. that's not good. <laughs> Boom. How you like that, boyfriend? That was not what I was expecting. <laughs> Does your boyfriend they listen? analyze. No. Oh, no. Go, go ahead. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't listen. This is probably a good thing right now. <laughs> uh, Libras make up a whopping 16% of cheaters. This sign most likely to cheat. The source is best life. I don't know what the crap best life is. This sounds like a terrible life to me if you're reporting on this, but... Uh, yeah, congrats. take that. Have a dinner conversation with your boyfriend about that tonight, Morgan. Okay, I will. I'll be like, how do you feel about this? <laughs> I bet it ain't good. Those were Bobby's Big Stories. Mike D was talking about Spider-Man coming out. What's the difference in this Spider-Man and the nine other Spider-Man movies? Uh, it's supposed to be like the best one ever, basically. But don't they say that every time a Spider-Man comes out? No, this one has a lot of anticipation around it. Yes, that happens every time a Spider-Man comes out? This one specifically. Okay, so... People are selling their Spider-Man tickets on eBay, and one pair of them went for like $25,000, apparently. I don't know. So the websites are crashing. Spider-Man No Way Home hits theaters on December 17th. Mike D. has already bought his tickets. Yep, they went on sale. Does this give you hope that theaters aren't completely dead? I think they're coming back. This is going to be the biggest movie of the year and showing that when there's a big event like this, people will go to the movie theater. Okay, I can agree with you on that. I think if there's a big event, I think the movies, for the sake of just being like a decent movie, I don't think people are going to theaters anymore. Yeah, you can watch this at home. I think big blockbuster movies obviously will pull people in. Would you think about selling your tickets on eBay? Not a chance. Really? For 500 bucks? No. Oh, really? What? I have to see it the day it comes out. No. Why? Oh Are you going to dress up? No. Oh, maybe. I do have Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, <here>. gosh. <laughs> so for $500, you wouldn't sell your Spider-Man tickets? No. I've been looking forward to this movie for years. Who's in it? I don't even know who's in it. Tom Holland is Spider-Man. They're also bringing back some older villains in it. And there's a rumor that other Spider-Men will appear in it. Ooh. Has Tom Holland been Spider-Man before? Yeah, two times. Then why do we care? Then who cares? Because of all... 
Well, there's a lot of spoilers going out, but there's a lot of hype around who else could be in the movie. I'm disappointed that I can't watch it at home. Me too. I'm disappointed any movie now is only theater release. Oh. Like I've kind of been reconditioned, much like when Netflix would put out shows all at once, and then you'd have Hulu come back and put out one episode at a time. I'll be like, dang it, I needed my show because I was conditioned to believe that I needed all the shows to binge. Now I feel the same way about movies. I'll still buy them. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to click on Disney Plus and buy the Marvel movie or Amazon where I buy stuff sometimes. HBO Max. Sometimes they have movie, new movies up yeah. there. I do not want to go to a theater and watch a movie though. Does anyone else care about Spider-Man? Mm-mm. No. Well, but my kids, and until this segment, I had no idea that these tickets were highly sought after. Didn't even know the release date. So thankful that Mike D just gave me his heads up. And so... I don't know. They were talking about going to see this movie, and I thought, okay, no worries. We'll just pick a time to go, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be that easy. What's the last good movie everybody's seen? I think that's a fair question. Think about this for a second, because I definitely didn't tell you guys I was going to ask that. But the last, you know what I started watching was Free Guy mm-hmm. with Ryan Reynolds, and I watched like 45 minutes of it in the hotel, where, and Caitlin wasn't loving it. I think I'm going to like it because he just, he figures out he's a background character in a video game. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, this is more your style. I'm just going to go and take a shower. But I, I'm kind of into free guy right now. Um, did, did you watch that? You review it? Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, no. I thought you said it was great. That's okay. Last time, Mighty loves this movie. <laughs> I said it was pretty good. You would probably like it though. It's kind of like a more comedic, uh, ready player one. Amy, last great movie you've seen. I guess King Richard. Okay. Mike. I would say probably Shang-Chi, which was the last Marvel movie. That one was really good. Eddie? Man, I was going to say Shang-Chi because I just watched that with my kids. Definitely a top Marvel movie. So good. Really? Um, yes. Okay. Lunchbox? Okay. Uh, the last good movie I saw, Parasite. Whoa. I haven't watched the movie in a long time, guys. Hey, guys, housekeeping's beating on the door right now in the <laughs> hotel I'm in. No, thank you. <laughs> Have a good day. I don't know if you guys could hear that. I but heard that. They wouldn't That's hilarious. Stop. You did? Yeah. For uh, listeners hanging out right now listening to us, I am doing the show from a hotel in Central America somewhere. <laughs> and sometimes, they, I don't know, they could have come over here because people were complaining too. Maybe. Because it's butt crack early and I'm like, what's your favorite movie? Bones, you don't need towels or anything? Shampoo? You're all good? <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all good. All right. I'm all good. Lunchbox, what were you saying? I'm I, sorry. I said Parasite because I really don't know if I've seen a movie since Parasite that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. I, oh, I take back uh, Free Guy because I'm not finished, but watching Just Mercy, mm-hmm. excellent. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned that on the show. Five stars. Um, five gavels. And then I watched Frost Nixon, and it was good, but it wasn't as good as Just Mercy. So, all right. We're good. I mean, I kind of... I'm shaking a little bit by someone beating on the door this early in the morning. I should probably go check that. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. This story comes to us from Bellevue, Washington. A husband and wife were out walking downtown Bellevue when a lady walked up to him, asked him for some money. They said no, so she took a frying pan and whap! Whoa. Hit him in the head. Is she walking around with a frying pan? Yeah, had it behind her back. I mean, if anybody came up to me and asked for something... While holding something behind their back, <laughs> I might actually give it to them because I, I would think it was a gun or something. Maybe that's her technique. That's also weird that you'd walk around holding something behind your back yeah. and especially a frying pan. So what happened? Oh, she was arrested a few blocks away. That's like old school 1940s slapstick stuff. <laughs> oh, Three yeah. Three Stooges, yeah. frying pan to the head. Why I ought to. All right, that's what's up. I'm Lunchbox. That's your bonehead story of the day. Fans of an Oasis cover band got stranded after a concert. The guests were sheltering at a place called the Tan Hill Inn after attending the Friday concert of an Oasis tribute band. The storm dumped three feet of snow on them, and they were stuck in the pub for three nights, (laughs) which probably on the surface sounds amazing, but I think after 24 hours, you're like, get me the heck out of here. I remember once it was snowing really bad in Arkansas where I grew up. And I worked at a radio station, 105.9 KLAZ in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And I worked there the whole time I went to college. And they were like, hey, a big snowstorm's coming. You know, there may, there may be snow for 24 hours. Can you, and I had another buddy named Matt, can you guys come up to the station and just work the whole 24-hour period and switch off until the snow goes away? Which was quite the ask, but I was doing anything to make any money, and I was just excited to be in radio. And I was like, sure. I was like 20 years old. The snowstorm was like four days 
and we were trapped there and we were delirious. We would do, we started off first switching out every three hours and then we weren't getting any sleep. So then we started switching out every six hours and then eight hours. But like the last three hours, the eight hour shift, we were speaking a different language. <laughs> I mean, it was like, all right, this is Chumba Wumba. <laughs> Chumba. <laughs> like it's almost like we were, I've never been high, but it was like, it was like we were high on the air and we had to do this for days. Miserable experience. It would have been more fun to be stuck at a pub, but I think I'd have probably, that'd have probably gotten old too. Cause how much, how much beer on tap can you really drink? Eddie? <laughs> yeah, right. And then they're going to, they're going to run out eventually. So also I'm surprised that an Oasis cover band has a bunch of people going to a show. <laughs> hey man, like I that, would totally go to that. That's like a bar show, though. That's like someone that would play that pub, not you go to a show <laughs> and then, then to the pub. But uh, I saw that story. I wanted to share it. Uh, back tomorrow. Have a great day. See you then. Yeah. Bobby Bones. Show. show.